Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And today we are here to talk about the first Doctor story, The Dalek Invasion of Earth, which is the second story of the second season, the final story of uh, The Doctor's granddaughter, Susan. Uh, and uh, is it is it the second episode of the daleks ever yeah it's the second appearance of the daleks ever okay yeah um so yeah we're gonna be talking about that uh before we do i want to remind everybody we are from mindrobber.net the home site of mind robber productions where we talk about all the things on podcast specifically this one the doctor's companion where we talk about doctor who and our mothership podcast the mind robbers where we talk about everything else and if you like our shows, you can review them on iTunes because that helps us out. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, or any other cool stuff you feel like sharing, then you can email those to podcast at mindrobber.net and we might read them on the show or maybe just respond to you. I don't know. Depends on how we feel. And if you want to start a discussion, you can go to the comments on the website, mindrobber.net. And let everyone know what you're thinking, and let us know what you're thinking, and all that good stuff. Um, Dalek Invasion of Earth. Oh, boy. Uh, background <laughs> and significance. Oh, yes. Uh, the Dalek Invasion of Earth. Like you said, it's it's significant for a lot of reasons. It's really like the first major turning point for Doctor Who because it really sh- like steers the the show in a different direction. Uh, if you like anything that I'm saying right here, I recommend a site called TARDIS Auditorum because he talks a lot about how this proves a real uh, uh, turning point for the show. But like from a purely production standpoint, it is the last story to feature Susan, the Doctor's granddaughter. It's the second story to feature the Daleks. And it's like... Uh, they return to Earth, but in the future. Um, it's also much more interestingly... Well, for one thing, it's directed by Richard Martin, who had previously directed three episodes from the Daleks, um, uh, the last two, and then one in the middle, episode three. But he also directed... He went on after this to direct The Web Planet and The Chase, which, I mean, The Chase is madness. The Chase is almost more madness than this story. Good um, God. Yeah. The, well, The Chase is literally just... I mean, this one actually has a plot. The Chase has no plot. It's literally just a string of about ten set pieces for six episodes. It's pretty <laughs> madness. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Madman Terry Nation. Uh, but it is, so this is directed by Richard Martin, which is interesting. It's directed by Terry Nation, who, between the Daleks and this, had written a story called The Keys of Marinus, which we'll talk about eventually. But most interestingly for me, 
this does no not only sees the departure of Susan, but it also sees the departure of the first Doctor Who script editor, uh, who is David Whitaker, who I think is probably the most underrated influence on the Doctor Who ever. Uh, Sandifer over at Editorum talks about it a lot, but um, he is really important, and I think that you know this as because the show is suddenly pushed into another direction. I think it's interesting that he stops script editing at this point and hands it over to Dennis Spooner. Um, uh, just an interesting thing. I we'd need to talk a lot more about Whitaker eventually and his first season, but um, this is this is really kind of a turning point for that. Uh, <laughs> on a story note, uh, this is one of the craziest stories I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> it is. It is it is bonkers, and for a long time I've been saying that this is one of my favorite Hartnell stories, but I haven't seen this in almost a year and a half. Um, uh, so this is like my third time watching it, and wow, I was not wrong. This this is about as good of Doctor Who as you could possibly hope for, as far as I'm concerned. It is yep so so good, um, and easily one of Hartnell's best stories. Just. <laughs> not even because it makes sense, but because it's so much fun. Like, there's there's not a story that you have much more fun watching than this one. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, and by the way, I'm just giving you a heads up. This one, this story is so good, it has three YouTubes. Uh, so keep an eye out for those on the website. Mm. Three. Uh, and not only not only is it Susan's departure, but it is the first companion departure ever. Yeah, and it's a it is a wallop of a de- companion departure. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough. But we'll get there in you know probably an hour and a half or so. We'll, we'll oh see God, how it, we'll see how it goes. So everyone a, has that to look forward to. Well, I have a lot of funny things to talk about. So do I. <laughs> Uh, so before we continue, this is a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. This month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our Book of the Month, Star Wars Dark Empire Trilogy by Tom Vetch, Cam Kennedy, and Jim Bakey. This book is available for only $17.39, which is 42% off the suggested retail price of $29.99. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Go buy some stuff from them. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) <laughs> good times. Uh, every month there this 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 uh, this year or the, yeah through the year of uh, 2012. Um, in case you're listening to this in backlog or something. Um, 2016. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably happening. I'm 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 casting a beauty future. Hi, hello, 2016. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> hope things are good and still alive. Anyways, um, well, not according to InStar Trades, uh, who is who is called uh, twenty two, who is deemed twenty twelve the end of the the end of the world, um, and so every month is a new end of the world sale, and uh, yeah, so crazy discounts uh, every month on different um, different uh, publishers. So be on the lookout for that at InStarTrades dot com. Um. So anyway, Dalek Invasion of Earth. Um, now I I bought the DVD. I'm so glad I did. Um, but my DVD has uh, CGI Dalek ships. 
Yes. Which is fun. Does yours have the awesome B-movie introduction? Yes. Oh, my God. That thing is awesome. Yeah. It's a With it's a Dalek a cool ship little... flying over London. It's like the Dalek invasion of Earth. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. It, it, it off-put me the first time, but I was like, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And they... I mean, they try to make it look like a movie, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, uh, that said, you when you rewatch this story, don't watch it with the CGI effects, so you can see the wonderful Dalek model work. It's oh, I went back and looked at the model work. Awesome, because I wanted to see it. <laughs> it is it is everything you could hope for from Doctor Who in the sixties. Yeah, like, it's pretty glorious. Yeah, yeah. I just, I seriously. I mean, I, I, I've always known that the Daleks had saucer ships, but this is the first time that we've seen them. Mm-hmm. And it's obvious that they just wanted London to be invaded by saucer men. And they're like, let's just make them Daleks. Yeah. But, but it's, it's awesome. I love that the Daleks have saucers. Yeah. It really, like, it really just cements them as like science fiction everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, God. It's, oh, there's nothing like a good flying saucer. That is a fact. That is a fact. Truth. Truth. Um, so uh, we start with part one, which is called World's End, and we get this guy with this contraption on his head um, walking toward uh, the, river, the river, river Thames? Thames. Thames. The I British. hate things that are spelt not Phonetically like weird, yeah. Yeah, uh, um, so anyway, River Thames, uh, he's like, his clothes are all ragged, he has a weird contraption on his head, and, uh, he screams, and he's, like, tearing the thing off, and then he walks in the river and drowns himself. <laughs> it's, um, like, really dark. Yeah. <laughs> and behind him, it's important to note, there's a, there is a sign, like, a big old sign that says, it is forbidden to dump bodies in the river. Just, <laughs> what? Totally, like we just start with like a sucker punch of like, wow, this is this is some this is bleak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the TARDIS materializes, and uh, the Doctor he can't figure out where they've landed, um, but he's like the atmosphere is similar to Earth, so let's everybody go. And they walk out, and they're like, oh, look at that, I brought you back home. And Ian and Barbara are like, yay, we're back home. Only they're not back home. Right. Sort of. Kind of. You know what I yeah. love about this story? I love the fact that Ian's wearing a suit and he wears it the whole time. <laughs> he never takes that tie off. No, he does not. <laughs> even when he's, like, running from the fracking slither, he's like, no, this tie is staying on. Yeah. Even, My when, great aunt- even, when, he's, even when he's falling down the largest slide I've ever seen. <laughs> He doesn't take it off. Yeah, it's a oh. uh, it's a weird it's a weird choice. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> and no one comments on the fact that he's wearing a suit. <laughs> like these people probably haven't seen a suit in a really Quite long a while. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no one's making no one's making any comments. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. So. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so they uh, they they go out, and the doctor is like kind of concerned about 
like how everything has aged. He's like, there's, it's like kind of decaying and stuff. And he's just like, I wonder what year it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Susan tries to look over a wall to see some more stuff. And she slips and twists her ankle. Um, and the fall causes uh, the bridge uh, to uh, collapse and bury the TARDIS. So that they right. can't get back to it. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> Susan's response to this is just, the doctor's just like, I'm going to spank your bottom. <laughs> and Susan's just like, well, it's not like I meant to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Which I don't think will get you out of a spanking. Just like if there are kids at home. I don't think that's going to get you out of a spanking, just, no. so, just so you're aware. Generally, yeah. that doesn't work. That's not an excuse. That's not an excuse at home. That's not an excuse at work. <laughs> Generally speaking, no one takes that as an excuse. <laughs> the, not, not the cops. The cops won't do it either. Trust no. me on this one. No, no nothing's no. an accident when somebody wants someone to blame. <laughs> right, exactly. So... So Susan has a sprained ankle, and Barbara's like, I'll take care of it. And the doctor because a series of people just like, I'll take care of this. No one ever does. It just disappears. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they carry her around for an episode, and then she's fine. Um, mm-hmm. So the doctor and Ian go off into a warehouse, uh, which is a, apparently a really dangerous warehouse. Uh, but before they get really dangerous... They notice they find a wall calendar, and the wall calendar tells them that they're in the year 2164, which puts them to 200 years after when this story would normally air. Oh, also, they find a guy dead in a cardboard box. That's a thing that happens. Um, <laughs> where the guy, like, literally, like, you can see him as you walk into, as they walk into the room, because it's a kind of a high overlooking shot, and then all of a sudden... The box just knocks over, and this guy's just stuffed in it <laughs> for no reason. It's like, and Ian's like, "Oh my god, it's a dead body!" And the doctor's just like, "Huh, <laughs> that's that's weird." Uh, so, so they're in a dangerous place. Meanwhile, <laughs> Barb pretends to Susan. She notices the body in the river. Which the doctor, the doctor has theorized that um, there's there's a plague that's been going around, which is why they shouldn't be going to the river, which is why it's so quiet in London. Like the bells of the bells of Big Ben aren't even aren't even ringing. So she notices that there's a body in a river, and she runs back to Susan and realizes that Susan's been kidnapped by some dude. And then this random guy walks up and is like, "Oh, we took her away. Make sure, make sure she like you want to follow us." And and Barbara's like, "Sure, I guess I'll follow you." And then we get the first of many running sequences in which the only source <laughs> of music... Like, there's no sound. There's not even the sound of running or heavy breathing or shouting. It's literally just music. And the music is not even, like, fanfare. It's literally just, like, a guy with bongo drums and trash can lids. <laughs> like, that's really all it is. <laughs> and so you just, get, like, get this ridiculous, like, running sequence. And we'll have... I'm, I'm YouTubing one of them, so you'll see. But, like, it's just... It's a sight to behold. Uh, like somebody was just like, they hired a composer for this episode. He's like, all right, what musicians do I have? And you're like, well, I have my three and five-year-old 
And we have this kitchen with all these pots and pans. <laughs> have fun, pal. <laughs> but they're but they're conducted, which I mean says a lot for the three and five year old. I'll be honest. Um, so so they uh, so they run back to this hideout, and it's a resistance hideout, and they meet this guy named Dortmund, who is a guy in a wheelchair. And I'm apologize if I offend people, but I have to say it. What I'm about to say next this way, but he's in a wheelchair, and he goes and he goes. Uh, hey, what are you guys doing here? And Barbara's like, well, we just showed up. And they're like, you should get inside. Do you have any good skills? And Barbara's like, I can cook. Which is like, oh, God. And then Susan goes, I eat. And it's like, oh, that's even worse. Uh, so, so, they what go. You do, I eat. <laughs> yeah, Susan, Susan's very not good at cooking, apparently. Um, Susan's so they- very not good at most anything. <laughs> Yeah, she's good at spraining her ankle. That's what she's really good at. Um, <laughs> that which involves feet, except for the part where her shoe gets busted. Um, so they go inside, and then Dortmund's like, I got watched. Now, Dortmund is like this 50-something-year-old dude with glasses, and he's in a wheelchair. And I would like to point out that at this point in time, everyone who was watching this story back in 1964 knew that the Daleks were coming back. So despite the fact that we haven't seen Daleks yet, everyone knew the Daleks were coming back. I mention this because Dortmund's idea of keeping watch is literally pulling out a knife and sitting there. And like, I just imagine... <laughs> I'm sorry stab? that this <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry this is going to offend people, but literally you just have a cripple with a knife and he's just going to take on some Daleks. Like, that is <laughs> that is a phenomenal – like, that is phenomenal. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> like, it's it's arguably the greatest thing ever, and I'm not joking. Um, uh. So we cut back to the Doctor and Ian. They find out that uh, Barbara and Susan are gone, so they're like, well, we'll just wait for him here. And, they're all, and then they're like – well, maybe this is a bad idea. And then they notice that they're beset by these dudes with contraptions on their heads, the same ones we see at the top of the store at the of the of the episode. And they're called Robo Men because this is pre Cybermen. Um, but they are Cybermen. That basically, they're just they're just like emotionless drones who do the Dalek bidding. Yeah, they're um, they're they're people, and the thing that they have on their head doesn't does does not not look like the top of a Cyberman head. Right, no, it's... The, I mean, they're, it's, they're, it's the Cyberman head without the face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's... From the 10th planet, it's basically the same thing, with some wires attached. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, so, Terry Nation may have created the Cyberman. Maybe, maybe. In his, like, third story, which is crazy. Um, So, the Doctor and Ian are like, we're gonna run for it, we're gonna get in the river, and then we get... A, the like technically it's the second Dalek reveal, but it's like the first like oh the Daleks are here um like a phenomenal Dalek reveal where a Dalek rises itself rises from the Thames and starts to zero in on the Doctor and Ian, which is awesome. It's 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 a great moment. It um, is, and they're just like oh no, <laughs> they're like we're in trouble. This is this is bad. Was uh, not expecting that. No, no. So we come back in episode two, and the the doctor for the first time really just like quips at the Daleks, like "Ah, I know more than you do," and they haul him away to uh, the Dalek saucer, like the Dalek flying saucer that landed 
some ways off in London. And um, while it's going on, Susan and Barbara hang out at the Resistance, where they make bombs. They try to survive. It's it's kind of cool that they kind of build up the the like the imagery. I mean, it's not anything like super special, except for the part where Dortmund is a dude in a wheelchair, um, and he is obsessed with making the perfect bomb. Like that's his thing. Hmm. That's his thing. Yeah, he uh, is. <laughs> So, so we cut back to the doctor and Ian, and the doctor comes up with all these crazy theories. Like this is the Daleks in their middle period. Like this is this is like millions of years before the Daleks. Like the story of the Daleks. So before the Daleks had their final defeat. So Terry Nation writes his way around that, and they're <laughs> on Earth, but they don't know why, and they have discs on their back, discs that. I would like to point out, never appear again, because the Daleks, at this point in time, can only move using static electricity. And, um, (laughs) we also find out one survivor, whose name is Larry, uh, says that the Daleks basically bombarded the Earth with plague to weaken everyone and allow the Daleks to take over with ease, which is clever. I really like, I just, I like that. And it, you know, it explains why there's not a lot of people around, because all of them died. Um, so, we cut back to Susan and Barbara where there's a resistance plot where they're like, we need to show everyone that we can take out the Daleks by blowing up their saucer. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's grab these bombs and let's do it. Cause Dortmund's like, I got the bombs. Um, and then <laughs> the doctor and Ian are thrown into a cell. They plan their escape using some insanely elaborate method, which is also like, for one thing, the Daleks left a key to the cell inside the cell. But, like, that's a thing that happened. But in order to get to the key, you have to do this crazy random stuff with magnets and light refraction. Light refraction, which doesn't make a lick of sense. Like, none. Um, No. But it works somehow. Uh, So, so they make their big escape. They're like, yeah, we're getting out. And so they open the door, they walk out, and they're literally captured again by Daleks. Like, yeah. And two of them are just pushed back in the room, and the door is shut. And then, the, and then they take the doctor to go turn him into one of the robot guys, right? <laughs> like <laughs> immediately. Yeah, that's the thing that like it's like and they don't even they barely make it out the door. And I'm not, I cannot stress this. They to you okay, enough. two of them aren't out of the door frame. <laughs> okay, like the Daleks were like waiting for him. Yeah, it's like. Uh, so that'll teach so, the doctor to explain everything out loud, right? Exactly. Every step of what they're doing, exactly. So, and and he also manages to be wonderfully condescending at the same time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, it was funny. Um, so we then get, and I'm just gonna like just skip. I'm gonna kind of skip this because I'm YouTubing it, so. You can see how fun it is, but basically the the resistance attacks the the saucer, and we get a cliffhanger of the doctor um uh getting robotized, and um oh this was this was fun like just just watching they have like bombs which are basically grenades and their bombs like the production team must have used like christmas ornaments or something so <laughs> they don't explode but basically they just like throw them and then you just hear paf like <laughs> on the ground it's just like it's 
<laughs> and it's like it's seriously they they shoot they they like they show them throwing the bombs and the bombs landing and then they cut back to to them ducking behind some like like a rock or whatever yeah and and then you see like i like somebody off camera like just like turning a flashlight on and off <laughs> Because there's searchlights going on and off around this saucer. Like, it's pretty cool. I have to say, this set is pretty big. Like, the set that they use for the saucer, I was, like, really impressed by it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a sweet set. Yeah. Um, So, check those out. We're embedding the videos on the episode, uh, like, the the uh, the webpage for this episode. So, so, go there and check out the embedded video of this. There's going to be two more. But this is... Oh, got it. This was so much fun. Um, So... The Resistance, Episode 3, Day of Reckoning. The Resistance break into the Dalek ship. They lose a lot of people in the process, and Ian doesn't ha- doesn't get off the ship, but the Doctor does. So Ian stows away on the ship. Uh, meanwhile, the Doctor is rescued by a dude named Baker, um, and, you know, everyone, like, basically the Daleks, this, this attack on the Daleks, it succeeds not at all, and everyone dies from this attack. Except for uh, our principal character. So, like, Barbara survives and Susan survives. And Susan's new friend, new best friend ever, David, survives. Um, And the Doctor and Baker manage to get away. But basically everyone else dies. So the Resistance is crushed because of a poor decision. Um, So Barbara and her new new best friend, Jenny, go back uh, to Dortmund back at the Resistance camp. And they, uh, they're like, well, we got to move out. And, and, and Dorman's like, yeah, we do. So they plan to move out to a new location. Um, oh, the set piece, though. <laughs> the explosion set piece. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, so the Dalek saucer takes off. It goes away. And then we can't. <laughs> can. uh, oh, no, I'm not there yet. We the, Susan escapes the siege with her new best friend, David. Uh, and Susan's like, I kind of want to run away, and David's like, this is my planet, I'm not going anywhere, and so, Susan's like, yeah, I guess you're right, and they meet up with Baker, who has the doctor, and Baker's just like, screw you, safety in numbers is dumb, I'm leaving, so he leaves, and then gets killed right away, (laughs) like, he literally is like, I'm getting out of here, he walks ten feet, there's Daleks, they shoot him, and they move on, (laughs) like, it's... It just happened so fast. Um, we get we get my second YouTube, which is it's it's like it's like the quintessential YouTube for this story. But it's literally Barbara and Jenny and Dortmund running through London, an abandoned London, and Daleks like all the place crawling with Daleks, which means that you only ever see four Daleks in the same place at the same time. But literally. Again, silent scene, completely silent, and it's like a montage sort of, where you literally just get a shot of Barbara and Jenny and Dortmund just running. And by running, I mean they're pushing Dortmund. Um, <laughs> which is like, it's just crazy. And they run across London and they don't get spotted. And it's like, oh, oh, this is what I love. Like this is the love. Right here. <laughs> And they're pushing him as a team. Yeah. <laughs> well, they want to move. But fast. the thing that's so funny is that they're pushing him as a team, 
And so you think they're exerting themselves so they would seem the most determined, but no. Tortman has determined face on. <laughs> He's like leaning forward in his chair, just like, we got this. Yeah, like trying to be aerodynamic. Like, that's yeah. what it's Because like. <laughs> if I were getting pushed, I'd be like, well, this is a nice ride. And, like, I can't do anything about it because, like, I'm in the position I'd, where like, I'm take like, well, out a pipe. <laughs> maybe, have a, maybe have a drink. <laughs> Offer someone a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Seriously, watch it. This one's funny. Um, so, so they arrive at this transportation museum, which is their new best place to stop. Dortmund is like, Dortmund is like, I have, I have all the notes on my bombs, and I figured out the best method. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. So, so Barbara, here's my notes, and Barbara's like, oh, weird. She walks off. Dortmund grabs a bomb and then just leaves. <laughs> goes outside and shouts for the Daleks to try and prove himself, throws a bomb at the Daleks, is killed. <laughs> and then Barbara and Jenny are like, oh no, what are we going to do? So they hide in the museum, just like generic, just generic anywhere in the museum. <laughs> and then we get a Dalek walks into the museum because he's like, well, if Dortmund came in from there, maybe there'll be more people than Dalek. Finds a mannequin and fondles the mannequin because it thinks it's a human. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. It's Here, awesome. here's the thing about about uh, Dortmund sacrificing himself, quote unquote, sacrificing himself. The thing that's so terrible, like. He is obsessed with making the perfect Dalek bomb, like something that's going to blow them up because their casing is apparently made of Daleganium. <laughs> um, and they get like regular bombs won't do it, so he's trying to make an acid bomb that'll eat through their casing. And so the first ones screw up, so then he makes this new one, and then when he goes to sacrifice himself, he's going to use the new bomb that he's just built. Here's the thing about that. He's dead whether or not he succeeds, whether or not that bomb works. Who's going to build the next bomb? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Barbara has his notes, but, like, I don't know. He He's kind of a lunatic, so he has to... Like, I don't think he realizes how much his notes are, prob- notes are just probably inane chicken scratch. Like... <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't think he's very realistic about this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and and here's the other thing, like what does his sacrifice even accomplish? Like he doesn't like he literally he just brings the Daleks into the room with Jenny and Barbara. Like that's all he does. He, like, just, he, does. he just goes outside and goes Daleks. <laughs> and they all show up. He throws the bomb, it fails. And they kill him. But yeah. he did successfully distract the Daleks long enough for Barbara and Jenny to escape in a big truck. <laughs> Which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, Ian teams up with Larry, the dude from the saucer. And Larry says that his brother thinks that the Daleks are mining. Because the Daleks are mining up north out of outside of London. 
they're just mining, mining, mining. And they uh, want to steal... He thinks that they want to steal the Earth's core because they're, di- they're mining so deep. Uh, turns out he's half right. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> um, and then we get a cliffhanger where the Doctor and Susan and David are kind of hanging out waiting for the Doctor to recover from his attempted... Like, the attempted robotization. And we get... I mean, it's a, it's a strong cliffhanger. We get two Robomen planting a bomb right next to them, and you just hear, like, the ticking of the bomb as it counts down towards, you know, explosion. It's like a firebomb that's going to obliterate London for some reason. Um, and it's, you know, it's a strong cliffhanger. <laughs> get to episode four, the end of tomorrow, where the Doctor instantly uh, faints when he realizes it's a bomb, which I think is hilarious. Um... In reality, he just can't be in episode four. Right, exactly. Like, apparently he fell down in episode three and needed to recover. Um, So they had to write him out very quickly. As you see, like, when you're watching the episode, like, they did not do a good writing out of him. Like, normally it's like, you know, Barbara's hanging out somewhere for an episode. But this is, like, so poorly done. Poorly done. Um, Anyways, a year ago, we did our first Dalek story. And, um... We, it's the title of the episode, but we talked then about how people in the in the show need to learn about rope safety. Well, here's the thing: uh, possibly more important than rope safety is bomb safety, <laughs> because David's solution. Here's to, what you just, don't do: you no, do this, not you do not pour acid on a bomb. No, no, and if you're going to do that. And dissolve the casing of the bomb. Your next step is not to grab a piece of rebar and cave in the bomb and just randomly just like shake it around to try and, you know, get the get the timer out of the bomb. That is not the thing to do. No. No, no, no. That's bad. Because, like, he is not delicate with this at all. And I know it's dangerous, but my god, have some smarts. First he stabs it. And that fails. Then he pours acid on it, which I gotta give them credit. That was a cool effect. Yes, the acid effect is awesome. I I I would assume they did that by either making it, building it out of ice or sugar. Yeah, I would assume. I don't know, but it was a really cool effect. Um, But yeah, so then he pours the acid on it. And then just, like, goes to town on the insides of a bomb. Yeah. Not just a, a bomb. A fire bomb. <laughs> he just takes a big stick and just, like, wiggles it around. Like, I, I just... I it's literally like if you can imagine me eating spaghetti. Like that's basically what he's doing with the bomb. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like it's literally like it's like he's trying to get all of the bomb noodles onto his rebar so he can eat it. Like that's basically <laughs> what he's trying to do. Like and it's like and like the whole point of this is just to like pop out the timer and it's like dude, you could have done this by being much more safe about this. Like like oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, it's so good. Oh my god. Okay. Bomb safety. Yeah, please. Everyone, like, just take a class on how to disarm a bomb. It'll cost you, like, 50 bucks. 
<laughs> probably do it online. <laughs> but please, if you're put in this situation, don't do what David does. Because he should be dead. Like, he should be dead. The doctor should be obliterated. And Susan would be dead. And that's the end of the show. This, is, this should not have worked. <laughs> it really shouldn't have. Um, so, so, we then get, we cut back to Barbara and Jenny. Now, I would like to point out, back in episode two when we met Jenny and we were talking to Barbara, their skill sets was very specifically arts and crafts. <laughs> And cooking. Those were their skill sets. Oh, no. What do Barbara and Jenny do? They fix up a truck and get it able to move. Like, it's a truck that's probably been parked for, you know, a couple dozen years at this point. And they get it working and drive it out into London. Like, that's what they do. Why could that have not been their skill set? Someone explain that to me. Because being an auto mechanic in a resistance... Very important. I saw Terminator. Very important. <laughs> you know? Come on. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, they drive out. Ian and Larry, they, they, the saucer lands up north where they find the massive Dalek mining operation. Uh, there's human slave workers, which includes humans <laughs> pulling giant carts that Robomen stand on. Like, full of something? I don't know what. <laughs> Why they couldn't use horses? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> Why the Daleks can't just convert all humans to Robomen? I don't know. I don't know. But you get a shot of all the humans pulling cart, pulling a giant cart. Massive cart. Like, probably about 20 feet tall. Not joking. <laughs> Pretty massive. Um, so... Uh, Ian, and, Ian and Larry meet up with this dude named Wells, who's a who's a miner, who's waiting for someone, and they come up with a, a Roboman, and they uh, knock him out, because Robomen are evil, and they knock out this Roboman while they wait for Wells' contact to show up, and Wells' contact is going to bring food and supplies and stuff. Uh, we get another set piece where Barbara and Jenny... <laughs> drive a truck out of London, they mow over a bunch of Daleks. Like, there's like four or five Daleks in a row, and the truck just drives over them. Like, in a great Dalek, like, just crashing. Here's what's, like, here's what's brilliant about that. I just wanted the interior cab scene of... of... of, uh, of Barbara and Jenny just being like... If only, if only Dortmund knew, <laughs> he didn't need to worry about the stupid acid bomb. We could have just got this car started and the war would be over. Yeah, we could just start mowing down Daleks because God knows the Daleks shoot like mad at the car. Does nothing to it. <laughs> nothing. It just, I mean, all they need to do is just take a tow truck and just mow down all the Daleks of London. That's all they need to do. Yeah. And that's just... The Daleks wouldn't know what to do with the car. No, no. They're not used to it. They like spaceships. <laughs> well, uh, let me, let's be real. They really like spaceships. They um, do. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh, you'll get why we're laughing in a minute. Um, so David and Susan leave the doctor behind. We get a another, like, massive set piece in the same vein of, like... Remember in the Daleks where we basically had... 
just like two episodes of Barbara and Ian wandering around in the wilderness. Yeah, we get that, but it's David and Susan wandering around the sewers trying to find a way out of London. (laughs) (laughs) Complete with, like, ladders falling and a dude with a gun who was one of the resistance people. Uh, Tyler, I think his name was. And And a giant alligator, which is funny. Um... And then at the end of the sequence, which is going on all through the episode, they basically come across Tyler, the resistance guy, who basically wanted to go off by himself. Because why why people want to do this, I have no idea. But there's a lot of lone wolves in this story. Let's be real. Um, Dortmund goes off by himself. Baker goes off by himself and gets shot. Um, and then this guy just likes to go off by himself. But this guy goes up to the surface and finds the doctor <laughs> off screen. And he's like, he's like, we found the doctor. And they're like, oh, good. So <laughs> they accomplished nothing. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, Barbara and Jenny, their truck gets blown up. Oh, I forgot about this. They mow down some Daleks, bring attention of a Daleks flying saucer. And I don't know if you noticed this, but Barbara's like, oh, we got to get out. And she's like, jump for it. And Barbara... <laughs> When she says jump for it, pulls up the parking brake on the car. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. She makes sure to stop and put the car in gear before jumping out and the Daleks blow it up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she learned her driving lessons really well, let's be honest. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then we cut back to Ian and Larry who meet up with what's his name? Random ally dude. Not an ally. That's a That's a misnomer. Um, but the guy who's like Wells his contact. Oh, Ashton. That's his name. Ashton. And Ashton's like, beware the slither. What is the slither, you ask? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But it, it, it will, despite the way it looks, it will jump after you if you are in a bucket. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Because the, the the Slither, who apparently, like, it's the Black Daleks pet. Like, that's what it is. This is literally Fido to the Daleks. Like, that's what this guy is. Um, And it it kills Ashton, and I think Wells, it kills Wells pretty quickly. So we're left with um, Ian and Larry again. And Ian and Larry run off, and they're cornered by the, by the Slither, and we get a cliffhanger. And then we come back, episode 5, The Waking Ally... Don't get me started on this title. I have no idea who the waking ally is at all. There are no allies and there are no people waking up. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Ian, Ian and Larry find a very convenient waste bucket that is hovering over the mine. They jump into it and then the slither <laughs> jumps into the bucket with them. And they're like, and it like hangs onto the side. And then Ian just, like, whacks it with a rock until it falls off into (laughs) the mine and dies. Um, awesome. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the best part about this. Like, the Slither, I didn't YouTube it, but the Slither is a sight to see. Believe me. It's like, for one thing, it changes from episode to episode, because in episode four, they basically just slap something together. And then for episode five, they were like, the production team, the, the, the people who did like costumes and stuff were like, no, 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 we can do it better. So they completely replaced the Slither costume between episodes four and five. 
But regardless, the slither is like my favorite thing ever. Like, why? Ever. Where did it come from? Why is it there? Uh, we have uh, no idea. I don't know. I don't know. It I'm sure there's is. plenty. There's plenty of Doctor Who stuff like that spun off about the slither. I'd be shocked if there's not because. Doctor Who fandom is like Star Wars fandom, but not like as rabid. I don't think. Um, but they, oh gosh, oh so funny. The Slither rocks. Um, and it like it makes screaming sounds. Like it literally just sounds like. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's it's crazy. Oh wait, the waking ally is the Doctor. Is it? Yeah, because he was he was knocked unconscious throughout Episode Four. I guess, but I, I guess, I don't know. That's That seems like a stretch. Why? I don't know. He's waking he up in episode five. All right. And then he okay. hits that dude over the head with a stick and then, he, and then poses. <laughs> right. Because there's a gunfight in the sewers where um, every, the, the resistance, like the Susan and Tyler and Dr. and David team are beset by Robomen and there's a big, cool gunfight in the sewers, which is pretty cool. But like the doctor hits one of Man over the head with his, with cane. his walking stick. Yeah, his walking yeah. stick thing. And then, yeah. he's, and then he plants the walking stick down in the pipe that's like in between the two rooms that he's in the middle of climbing through. It'd be like... The the best way to envision what I'm saying is if there was if there was a big window and somebody just planted their walking stick on the windowsill, that's what he does. <laughs> and then just stands there. While other people deal with the Robomen by shooting them. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> And then and then he very condescendingly was is just like, Whoa guns. Yeah. How dare you? How um, dare you? I wasn't going to say anything when you were shooting them because, let's be honest, they needed to die. But, hey, yeah. guns, <laughs> not cool. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so, Ian, so Jenny and Barbara are on foot. They're walking through the woods. They come across this shack with two women in it. And I'll be honest with you, for some reason, every time I watch this, I'm reminded of the sequence in Young Frankenstein when – uh, Peter Boyle comes across Gene Hackman. Yeah, like, I don't know why. <laughs> I I I understand that. Yeah, it's just like it's the same thing, pretty much. They're just well, <laughs> except for, except that Gene Hackman doesn't betray doesn't betray Young Frankenstein to the mobs. <laughs> oh right, my bad. <laughs> Cause that's what happened. Cause like no sooner have e- have Barbara and Jenny hung out at this at this shack than one of the women and given like, them food, yeah, <laughs> to be kind. Like they give them food to be kind, and then one of the women run out. One woman runs out and comes back, and the Daleks are there, and they just take Jenny and Barbara. <laughs> Like randomly, Ugh. so that they can wind up at the mine. So, but I, I think it's interesting. Like, I think that that's one of the things that Terry Nation does. Like, he does paint a good picture of like how people are living. Why the Daleks are concerned with women who make clothes, I don't know. Um, I guess they want to look pimp for when they're flying around their space pimpage. But other than that, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> so, so. Uh, Barbara and Jenny are are betrayed. They're dragged to the mine to work, and Ian and Larry are uh, lowered in their bucket 
they're lowered down into the mine, and it goes way, 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 way down in the mine. And they arrive there, and Larry finds his brother Phil, who, you know, is the one who said, Oh, I think they're mining for the Earth's core. Uh-oh, Ro- Phil is a Roboman. And then uh, Phil kills his brother, because that happens, and Ian gets away. So, that, that Still happens. in the suit. Right. <laughs> I would get so uncomfortable if I had to crouch in, like, the Dalek ship for that long. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. It's fun. I mean, loosen your tie. Something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe unbutton the top button. You don't need it. You really, like, you don't. I mean, do you think that maybe there's a job interview that's coming for you here? Because I can <laughs> tell you, that's probably not going to happen. Like, I mean, really, Ian? Really? This isn't even your time. You shouldn't care that much. You're not going to see these people again if you survive this, um, which you do. Um, so we cut back to Susan and David, uh, who everyone, like the doctor and Tyler and Susan and David have made it out of London, and they're in the countryside. Susan and David flirt because David finds a large fish and waves it at her, and they make out, which is kind of fun, I guess. Um, and uh, the doctor interrupts. And he theorizes that they're near the central Dalek base, which is this mining hole that's in London, which is just like a massive cavern. Um, Just like a pit. Like, just a pit that goes to the center of the Earth. And the Doctor's like, well, I don't know what the the Dalek's plan is, because I can't figure it out. Uh, I'll be honest, Doctor. You you won't see this coming. Um, (laughs) So, Barbara remembers that she has Dortmund's notes, and she yells at the Daleks, like, oh, I have these notes about human resistance, and the Daleks are like, okay, why don't you come to the control room? And we cut to the Daleks at the control room. (laughs) And this is the best part of the story. Um, the Daleks are talking about their fiendish plan. They're like, we're going to the center of the Earth. And it's, like, written in such a way where it's like Terry Nation is waiting to reveal his massive plan that the Daleks have. So the Daleks are like, "We're we're, we're almost to the Earth's core, and we're going to, we're going to get rid of the core because we don't need it. But what we're going to do instead is replace it with a, repul- with a propulsion system so we can oh drive God. it like a car around the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, that is the Daleks' plan in this story. And I'm, I'm, I might be wrong, but that is the craziest plan I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> Oh, it's glorious, though. Oh, oh, it is fantastic. And I because <laughs> we were watching this at roughly the same time. I was like maybe 15 minutes ahead of you. And you were like you texted me in the middle of part five and I had just gotten to this part. And you were like, am I supposed to know what the Daleks are doing yet? And I'm like, no, you're going to know it when you see it. And then you were like, OK. And then I get a text message about five minutes later that is literally what the F. <laughs> and then you just started laughing. Because, <laughs> like, in in a world where this story is fun so far, this is the cherry on top. Like, this is, this is, like, so crazy. Can you imagine? Like, why do the Daleks need this ship? And I'm, I'm not the first person to say this. Sander for over at Erudatorum pointed this out first. But the Daleks have plenty of spaceships. Why do they need a planet? Like, <laughs> Why? There's not a reason. And why this one? No, there's no reason. They could probably, like, I mean, I guess, like, my, it's not even like Earth is a big planet. 
I mean, if you want to go smaller, fine. You could you could probably fly around Pluto. But isn't Saturn like Saturn's got a ring? That is some bling. Like you drive Saturn around. <laughs> uh, Matt, Saturn is a gas planet. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got to pick one of the real planets. I'm sorry. Oh man. No, but seriously, here's what would what do the Daleks actually believe that driving a planet around the universe would have no results to the planet's surface whatsoever? That doesn't affect it at all. No effect. No. None. That's 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 fine. Uh, you know, well, they got to get it serviced every couple million miles, like. <laughs> I'm just, like, imagining people just, like, just, like, gripping onto, like, grass (laughs) as, like, it's zooming through space. Uh, And that's that's the other question. How fast could it possibly go? I don't know. Is it it really, like, the best form of transportation? Probably not. I mean, really, just slapping an eight-cylinder engine, and you probably go a little bit better than normal. But that that would really set you back. Here's, here's another question: What if the Daleks' plan in this? What if the Daleks' plan is wasn't even bad, and they ruined everything because they were actually trying to save Earth because it was the only planet with intelligent life on it, and the sun was about to blow up, and they're like, "We just we got to get out of here." That's the easiest way. Let's just move the whole planet. By mining a lot. Yeah. That can't that can't be easy. That can't be cheap. That's a lot of earth to mine through. Like really. And the Daleks like tried to be reasonable when they first showed up, but no one would everyone was like, Oh, that's ridiculous. The earth, the sun's not gonna blow up. And they're just like, No, seriously, we know better. Okay, that's it. We're we're turning you all into robots. It's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to kill you with a plague first. Don't worry about it. You, some of you will survive. Well, they oh overreact. My. They overreact. Yeah, they, I, I'd say they crossed the line. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's safe to say that they crossed the line. Seriously, they're driving around a planet. That is their plan. <laughs> like, that's their plan. Like, what? I want to know what the next step in the plan is. Like, once they have the planet, what then? Once they've got, you know, the Dalek Emperor or whatever behind the wheel of a planet, what do they do next? They go conquer the universe. Hello? (laughs) With the planet. I think what happened... I think I think one of the Daleks saw Star Wars, and they're just like, that Death Star thing? That's a good idea, but that would take a really long time to build. So let's just borrow a planet. <laughs> and let's just drill down really deep and use that to be our super laser. <laughs> we'll just... We'll shoot lava at all of our enemies. Just, Who will also be planets. It just spews <laughs> lava. Just like... Bleh. I will say this, though. No matter how big a spaceship you make, if you see a planet coming towards you, that is scary. <laughs> I, will, I will go in the other direction. Uh, or maybe they're, <laughs> just, maybe they're just really big Green Lantern fans. 
What's what's the living planet's name? Mogo? Mogo. <laughs> They're just like, you know what we need? We need a Mogo. best Dalek plan ever. Like what you ever. don't see is on the what you don't see is on the other side of the planet, not in London, is uh the Daleks are like are attaching like gigantic Dalek bumps <laughs> to the planet. <laughs> because they can't have something that doesn't have Dalek bumps. So it's just gonna be a giant round Dalek. <laughs> And then out of the North Pole comes a giant telescope, like the Dalek Eye. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) The Daleks are like, we need a really big plunger. (laughs) Get me the best plumber on the planet. (laughs) He's just like, like, I don't know if that'll have enough suction. Like, that's just, (laughs) but you gotta cover it up. Here's my question. What do they do with the moon? Like, really? Is that just... <laughs> they just, like... What happens they just drag the it. They just drag it along. <laughs> it comes... It's like the sidecar to their motorcycle. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That's where they're going to put Sean Connery. <laughs> Trying it, trying to back it out, trying to back a planet out of orbit is hard, though. Believe me, they're just really big and cumbersome. Uh, <laughs> parallel parking's even worse. <laughs> especially, especially with the with the moon just like hanging out back there. <laughs> right, it's a whole another appendage. Like that, just you you don't really know what to do with. That said, that said, highly recommended. Planet drive-in, pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. It's a smooth ride. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole sky is your screen. It's pretty It's pretty amazing. It's pretty... Um. Uh, and I, <laughs> I love that my other favorite thing about this, and this is like a you and me thing, but beforehand, like, you were texting me, you're just like, I wish Terry Nation would be this sane all the time. And then I was like, bro... This is not sane. <laughs> like, you said that to me before you knew the plan. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait. This has been completely crazy the whole time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? What do they... Do the Daleks not understand that they need... That the planet needs the sun? Like... <laughs> do they not... Like, once you start driving the planet around, it's not gonna have an atmosphere... <laughs> No, it won't be special anymore. It won't be special. They're like, I don't understand. What happened to the daytime? So he's like, I think we need to explain science to you. Why is it getting dark all of a sudden? And Someone cold. turn on the headlights. Why is it so cold? <laughs> oh, this is the most I've laughed on this show since Mrs. Dockfire. Uh. Um... Oh jeez, it doesn't uh, this make is, any sense. No, this is why I watch Doctor Who. This is why, because this does not make sense at all. Like it, 
you can't. Someone explain to me why this like I would like someone to please explain to me like a rational reason why this would work. There isn't one. Like this defines rationality. Like it's it's oh my god. Like oh my god. <sighs> okay. Okay. So that's the Daleks' plan. And meanwhile, Ian manages to sneak into a capsule that's heading down to the planet core to hide and to hide from the Daleks. He gets in the capsule, and then the capsule is about to be dropped into the Earth's core, <clears throat> which is our cliffhanger. And that's um, it's fine, but. What's better is we come back for episode six, Flashpoint, the final episode, and Ian just starts pulling out wires blindly, like just stripping wires, which, to be fair, probably a good move. And all of a sudden, a trap door in the bottom of the capsule opens, and Ian's like, great, I got this. So he grabs onto a rope that is somehow in the capsule, and he just starts climbing down. And then a Dalek's like, well, that's no good, and shoots the rope, kills the rope, and then all of a sudden, Ian falls. And then something, 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 giant slide I've ever seen, <laughs> he's okay. I don't he know just, what happens. He just, well, he just happened to stumble into a water park. <laughs> he, he hit that curve just right. Yeah. You know, just right. It was a one in a million shot, and he did it. He did it. Uh like, I don't know what happened. Like, he literally just slides down into the Earth's core. Because mm-hmm. that's a thing. That's a thing. Also, it's not really that hot down there. No, no. It's pretty It's pretty chill. Yeah. It's pretty chill. The Daleks, they have great air conditioning. <laughs> well, they better. I mean, it's a really long trip to anywhere else in the universe. So, <laughs> they, gotta, they gotta make sure they're ventilated. Um, so... So Ian's at the Earth's core. Barbara makes up some of the craziest sh- I've ever heard. Because he, she goes in front of the Daleks with Jenny. And she gets to Jenny and is like, Okay, when you see the Dalek control panel that controls the Roboman, just smash it. And while this is going on, I'm going to distract the Daleks. So she distracts the Daleks. And I like, this is like, not even, like, this is just clever. Like, I just, I love this. But she... She pulls up this crazy idea about how all of the people of Earth are going to rise up against the Daleks in a big, massive resistance. And this plan includes, and I quote directly from Barbara, quote, <laughs> Red Indians, unquote, which she says. No, 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 no wait, 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 wait. Let me, hold on. It's, it's, she says the Indians and the Dalek, the black Dalek goes, we control India. <laughs> Because no, the red Indians. <laughs> and then the Dalek is just like, oh no. <laughs> the Boston Tea Party. Oh no. Robert E. Lee and Hannibal. I did not know Barbara was so awesome at improv. I want her on my team when I go next time. Can that happen, please? Red Indians, <laughs> the Boston Tea Party, Robert E. Lee, and Hannibal. <laughs> that's like... That's some sort of super team. Yeah. <laughs> 
I want I want that to be like f- like the future like reincarnation of like the not the Justice League but like whenever you put together like the great minds of history into like a super team that would be my super team. I love the fact that it's two groups of people and then just two guys. <laughs> two guys who I would like to point out were not even victors. Like they yeah. both failed. <laughs> I mean, I know Robert Two E. Lee failures. did some good work, but he he did not succeed. I would like to point that out. <laughs> ah, 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 oh, I love the story so and much. And the Boston um, Tea Party. I mean, really? <laughs> They're not that dangerous, but they did dress up like well, Indians. So. <laughs> well, to be fair... <laughs> This is this is a British television series, <laughs> so perhaps they're seeing it from a different light, <laughs> right? Just like those like those guys were terrorists. Like those were really dangerous people. Well, they were like the Al Qaeda of their time. Well, they kind of were. <laughs> yeah, they were. To be fair, <laughs> they kind of were. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um. So, she manages to distract the dogs long enough. She runs over to the Robo Men control and says, "This order cannot be countermanded." But the Daleks pull her away by plunger, which is always fun to watch. Um. <laughs> so they pull her away by plunger, and the Doctor, while this is going on, prepares for the assault on the Dalek base, which they're gonna like. They're basically gonna charge the base and try to take it over. Um. And then we get my favorite shot in the whole story, which is a black the black Dalek just running around in a circle for about a minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like he's literally doing laps. He does like two laps, and then all of a sudden the other Daleks come in and they start doing laps around him while he talks. Like <laughs> it's 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 like a Dalek dance party. It's pretty fantastic. They're celebrating. Um, Oh well, I mean they're about to get their car, their their Earth Porsche. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the best Porsche. They're about to um, get their new ride. Yeah, uh, they're like so, they're like guys, we're we're it's about to happen. We're gonna get that sweet new ride. That chick is totally gonna sleep with us. We are gonna get laid. Um, <laughs> just spinning. <laughs> they're celebrating. High fives, guys. <laughs> So, the Doctor and all the Daleks kind of break off. They're like, all right, well, we need to do the last-minute things. The Doctor breaks into the control room, frees Barbara, and they prepare to, like, you know, take over what happens next. And the Doctor stands up to the Daleks and defeats them because one of the dudes, like, literally wrestles the Dalek to the ground. And then Barbara, given the opportunity now, runs over to the robo control panel and starts talking like a Dalek. How do you talk like a Dalek? How does she talk like a Dalek? The same way you would, which is basically, Daleks, please, here come the Robo-Men, and the Robo-Men are about to take over. Like, that's literally what she does. I I think she just had Red Indians on the brain. (laughs) (laughs) That's how they talked, right? (laughs) I kept waiting for her to go, How? Barbara tells the Robo-Men to rebel, and the Robo-Men just blindly follow, which, I mean, makes them good. 
So the Robomen rebel, which basically means that the Daleks are screwed because they can't stand up to Robomen, apparently. Because there's a lot of Robomen and only a few Daleks. <laughs> and then we get my other favorite shot in this story, which is literally a Dalek crowd surfing. <laughs> like, yeah! <laughs> they're not... They're not even doing anything to it. They're just... <laughs> it just looks like they're celebrating some more. Yeah. Like, it's literally just hanging out, and they're, like, running... Like, they're literally just making a circle. Like, it's like... Like, it's like the the Daleks' wedding. Like, a Jewish Dalek wedding. Like, that's basically what it is. Also, apparently, when you tell the, the, the robot people to uh, kill the Daleks... Apparently, they just, they get their free will back. Yeah. Because they can just start running around like regular people all of a sudden. Which they do. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the Dalek crowd surfing. They Um, rip a Dalek in half and... Yeah. (laughs) And they throw a rock at its head. So, so the Dalek... The Dalek, there's basically a giant rebellion, including people just running through a quarry, because that happens, like, carrying a Dalek as they go. Like, it's just (laughs) like, you get a wide shot, like, a really wide shot of, like, you know, three people carrying a Dalek. (laughs) And then they throw it to the ground and it breaks. Um, So there's a big, so there's that that thing and the, the doctor and everyone trigger bombs to go off in, uh, in the, in the mine so there's a big explosion. And by ex- big explosion, I mean, no, a really big explosion. Like, everyone should be dead right now. That's how big <laughs> That's how big it is. Because they basically use found footage because they can't afford to, like, you know, set off a real nuclear bomb. So they just, they just show, like, the biggest massive bomb carnage I've ever seen. Like, it's, they, they just blow the hell out of this mine. Um, and then the day is saved, so... There, the Daleks are defeated, and now Earth can start rebuilding. Yeah. And then we get the emotional gut punch that is Susan's departure. Um, and this, uh, I, I think we're probably just going to discuss it. But basically what happens is the Doctor locks Susan out of the TARDIS because he can see that Susan is falling in love with David. So he locks her out of the TARDIS and refuses to let her in and basically says, Go live your life. Uh, and I'm just gonna go do this, and I'm YouTubing the whole thing. It's like seven, eight minutes, but it's like, it is, it is literally, like, after the crazy insanity of this story, and I don't know if you knew that Susan was departing here, um, I, I knew I'd heard before. Right, okay, but even though, like, I mean, I knew as well the first time I watched it, nothing can prepare you for how emotionally draining it is. Which is, like, it's, I mean, I think that, like, that's the thing that really seals the deal for why I love this story. Not only is it completely crazy, but it also, like, just shreds my heart at the very end, Mm -hmm. which is... Like, that that moment where she's, like, standing in the space where the the TARDIS was. Trying to feel it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so... I mean, and it's all down to Carol Ann Ford's performance, who I'm like, I'm not a huge, like, I'm not her biggest fan. I think she gets a bum rap, honestly, because she was not given good material. Right. But, like, she kills the scene. Like, kills it. Like, crushes it. And then Hartnell also crushes the scene. Like, when he says his last speech to her 
about how he'll be back, it's just, it's devastating. It's just devastating. Mm -hmm. Because you like, because he's like, I'm saying goodbye to you and it's the first time I'm really saying goodbye. And it's, oh, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. Um, And I, I forgot how good it was. It's like, it's seriously one of the best companion departures of the classic series ever. Mm -hmm. Easily. It's Um, rough because you're, you're just like. You can just feel her abandonment. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that the doctor really wants to open the door. And, like, I, it, I mean, I was paying attention to it, like, it was a super lot. And I don't know if you noticed it, but there's a part where Ian and Barbara basically watch David and Susan, like, flirting. And they're like, all right, we need to go into the TARDIS. And there's, like, a moment right before the doctor closes the doors where you can tell that the doctor told them what he's going to do. And they don't argue with him because they know it's the right decision. And it's like watching Hartnell say goodbye. Like, apparently this scene was, like, really hard to shoot because it was like, you know, it was like shooting a phone conversation. So you had to make sure that people were overlapping properly and and saying sorts of stuff. So it was apparently, like, twice as long. But, like, oh, it's so good. It's just, it's so, so good. And, like, watch it. Like, really watch it and see, like... I mean, it's a pivotal moment. Like, after this, the Dalek, the Doctor really becomes, like, you know, a hero because he's not burdened with Susan anymore. Um, and it's just good. Like, it's so good. Um, mm-hmm. I can't... I, and, like, it's even down to the stuff where, like, you can tell that Susan doesn't want to go and the Doctor kind of forces her to go. And then, like, at the end, she takes the TARDIS key off and just drops it on the ground and walks off. And it's like, oh, man... Oh, my God. All right, I've talked enough. It's rough. It's rough. I would like, and I know what you're going to say, that it has happened, but uh, I would like for the character of Susan to come back um, Yeah. at some point in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, I, I mean, I know that there was the, the unearthly child big finish thing. Yeah. Um, but I would like, like, a, like a real – because, I mean – at the end of the day, she is a time lady, so I mean, mm-hmm. she's gonna outlive David by you know a thousand or so years, um, <laughs> at least. Yeah. So you know, there should come a point where like she should run back into him. I think. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I wouldn't put it past Moffat to do something like that. Um, just because Moffat like loves the fandom, like I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that in twenty. 20- Oh god, in 2013. Yeah. Um I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he will, but I mean like it's ripe for that. And if you think about it, the only other time Susan has appeared is in the Five Doctors and that is far from what they needed to do with her there. Like I the handling of Susan in the Five Doctors is almost single-handedly why I'm not super on board with that story. Um mm. because I think especially after this, um it's hard to watch the Doctor and Susan act like everything's normal because, like, <laughs> the Doctor really just sells her out here. Like, really just dumps her. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's not fair. Like, it's not fair. And I would, I imagine Susan would be a lot more hurt than she is in the Five Doctors, which is to say not at all. Yeah, well, um, and it's it's kind of awful because, like, not only is he leaving her, but he's leaving her on a foreign planet. Mm-hmm. 
with a guy who I mean he like David asked her to her to marry him, but like that doesn't guarantee that their relationship is going to work out. Yeah. Um, and it's I don't know it it, it doesn't. There's no, I mean, there's no guarantees, and it is important for the doctor to do at a certain point because he needs to leave her behind um, because she was holding him back. But it's also like, yeah, it's just there's no guarantee that this is going to work out, and they're also about to rebuild Earth, which is like, I mean, Earth was basically almost destroyed by the Daleks. Like they have to, they have a lot of work to do. and it's far from over. Yeah. So. They, she doesn't have a fun life ahead of her. No. She has a lot of work it's to It's really do. depressing. Yeah. That said, um, and I know you mentioned this, but I think An Earthly Child, which is, um, it is a big finish. Like, it's a two, it's like basically an hour long big finish special where Paul McGann goes back and visits Susan, uh, and Susan has a kid. Um, so the doctor has a great grandson. Um, uh, is is actually very good, um, and it is it, they do really address this issue uh, very very well, and you know really help reconcile the two issues. Uh, fun fact about that though, uh, the guy who plays uh, the the great grandson Alex is played by Jake McGann, Paul McGann's own son. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you'll get there eventually, and I'm, I'm we'll probably talk about it when you get to it. Um, but it's, I mean, I really like what they did with Susan in Big Finish, and I think that um, I don't know, she she is like Adric in that she gets a lot of shit she doesn't deserve. I don't think, um, because I don't, she was not well written, and she's not like as a character. Susan, I'm convinced is not a like she's not a good companion because she holds the Doctor back and doesn't let the Doctor do what he needs to do. Uh, then again, I'm basically quoting Sandifer at this point, so whatever. Um, but yeah, emotional gut punch. I will come back. I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Is that slayed me? I was like, oh, it got dusty in here fast. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, phenomenal story. Um, <laughs> so good. Yeah, so I I loved good. this. I'm so glad I bought it. Yeah, I knew you'd like it. It's. It's the right amount of crazy, but also, like, the best application of that crazy. Like, and there's so many memorable parts, and it's just, oh, God, it's so perfect. It's so perfect in every way. Yeah. All right, well, before we move on, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from your local comic book shop, you can get from DCBService.com. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off. This month, uh, new uh, new specials include uh, Dynamite Entertainment's new The Shadow, written by Garth Ennis, Ooh. which is weird. I like The Shadow. I like Garth Ennis. Those don't seem like two tastes that go well together. Mm, but yes. we'll see. Um, but yeah, you can get that first issue for 75% off, which makes it only 99 cents. Uh, also, uh, the new Marvel Icon series, Secret Service, from Mark Miller and uh, Dave Gibbons, because Mark Miller mm-hmm. just works with superstar artists now. Um, you can get that for 50% off at $1.49. Also, uh, the new Image series, America's Got Powers, 
which is about a reality show with people with superpowers. Um, and they are trying to crown the most powerful super being. And it's a mini series. It's, it's issue one of six. And it is, uh, it's, it's Brian Hitch doing the artwork. I forget who's writing it. Um, but it is uh, 75% off, which makes it only 74 cents. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then uh, Star Wars Blood Ties, Boba Fett is dead, number one, um, hmm. which is 50% off for only a buck seventy-five. So all kinds of good stuff. And, and plus uh, the month that they have currently is uh, the first month of D- new DC New 52 trades. So mm. the first set of trades comes out um, the month that's available to order from right now. Um, and then also uh, Avengers vs. X-Men number one, the new Marvel event. Is a uh, dollar ninety nine for the first issue. So, uh-huh. so pick check those out. Um, also, the severed hardcover. Oh, that's gonna be good. Sixteen forty nine. Yeah. Um, Ooh. so yeah, check all that stuff out. And thanks to DCBService.com, where uh, you can ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and only pay six twenty five in flat rate shipping. Uh, next week, Tom Baker in the Ark in Space. <laughs> More greatness. His second episode ever. Yeah. Followed, followed shortly by his first episode ever. <laughs> right. Well, well, we're getting to Robot <laughs> a lot sooner than I thought we were. <laughs> uh, that, that took some restructuring. Uh, I do. I, I, the Ark in Space is great. Um, there's nothing... There's nothing says Doctor Who to me than a bubble wrap monster. Yeah. Um, but, oh, man, I can't wait to get to Robot. Robot's crazy. Seriously, the toy, the, 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 the toy tank scene in Episode 4, end of Episode 3, <laughs> Episode 4. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Like, so yeah. obviously a toy tank. It is phenomenal. Yeah. It's... uh. Yeah, robots pretty crazy, but don't worry, <laughs> we have Nazis. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. It's been a while since I've watched robots. There's that, Nazis oh. and there's a German scientist, a crazy German scientist. Yeah, and uh, and the, the, the is that the same guy you're talking about with the crazy hair? Yes, I love that guy. Yes, yes. Who has the moment of the story, in my opinion, where he literally just hands a guy like a card. And tries to act inconspicuous despite the fact that he looks like a lunatic. Like, oh, that story's good. <laughs> that is good. That said, Ark in Space is better as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it is. It's, oh. but, but it's a better story, but Robot is so fun. Yeah, Robot's crazy. Robot, like it's... Robot. I'd be hard-pressed to find a better regenerate, a newly regenerated, regenerated story than... Yeah, robot that exists. Uh then then robot in the spearhead from series. space. Um, uh, yeah, I guess no, sp- spearhead's good. Spearhead um, is really good, but robot's yeah. so fun. Robot's really fun, really really fun. Um, yeah, it's up there. It's up there. Uh 
So yeah, Ark in Space next week, and then for those playing along at home, Claws of Axos uh, week after, which is going to be really interesting. That's a Pertwee Delgado story. Pertwee Master. Um, Delgado! Yeah, so more of him. And then on the horizon, we have uh, The Fires of Pompeii, which is uh, David Tennant, which everyone listening should have listened to, or seen at some point. Mm-hmm. So good for good for that. David Tennant so. with Catherine Tate, Donna... And mm-hmm. Amy Pond in he- heavy makeup. Yeah, he- Amy Pond, right? <laughs> and Romans, I love that story so much. I can't wait for that yeah. one. We have, I, I, we keep saying it, but seriously, guys, we have a lot of good for the next while. It's true, like a lot of good. It's true. So <laughs> keep your eyes peeled on here, and pray that we not pray that we don't ever, but. Uh, <laughs> Love it while it lasts, because there's got to be a run of bad stories coming up at some point. There's <laughs> got to be some help, like just some penance for such goodness. Uh, We've been on a roll for a while. It's true. It's true. Uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, if you do the Twitter thing, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. I'm going to tweet my 10,000th tweet very soon. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Probably nothing. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe nothing. Maybe it's like an at reply to Edgar Wright or something. <laughs> maybe. Not that that'd be a bad tweet. Just like, hey, just I'm at. Re- hey, my favorite director. I'm at replying you because this is my ten thousand tweet. Maybe he'll retweet me. <laughs> that would be cool. As- then if it doesn't, you're just gonna have huge egg on your face. Well, I I might be worth it. Maybe it might be worth it. We'll see. Hey, I've gotten re- I've resp- I've had Edgar Wright respond to me like once before. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he responded to me when. Remember when uh, they were announcing possible candidates to direct Mission Impossible Four? Mm-hmm. He was one of them, and I was like, I would kill for an Edgar Wright Mission Impossible movie. And mm-hmm. he was like, he was like, thanks. <laughs> like he was like, thanks. I really wanted to take it, but I'm still in post on Scott Pilgrim, so I couldn't. Oh, and I was that's like, cool though. I, like, oh. I would, li- I would really like an Edgar Wright spy movie. Maybe that's what the World's End is. Spy movie. Wh- whatever. I, oh, I, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Mission Impossible is not a spy movie. I apologize. Well, it might as well be. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying. There are a lot oh. of things that Mission Impossible is before oh. it's a spy movie. Oh, an Edgar Wright James Bond movie? Oh. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, I want that. <laughs> I want that. Okay, let's not talk about that anymore. Um, <laughs> Twitter.com slash Scott Commentary is my alternate Twitter account where I tweet things that I'm watching. I vote that we do a live tweet of uh the oscars okay i need to find a place to watch the oscars because i don't have cable so i don't have cable either but i just bought an hd antenna oh cool because i figured why not yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll be in a place where i can do that i'll try i'll try i will definitely try (laughs) but yes let's do that mind robber live tweeted the oscars yeah that's cool. <laughs> Step That's cool. one in our eventual <laughs> Oscar party shenanigans. Yes, yes. Which, by the way, if you would ever like to come to our Oscar party, you are invited. <laughs> you are. Invited. They are going to be awesome. 
Yeah. Believe me, we're making posters. Like, posters and banners. That's mm-hmm. a thing that's happening. We're going to rent out a bar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a sports bar. Yeah. And we're going to have balloons draped from the ceiling, so when the best picture winner is, is announced, we just drop <gasps> oh them Oh, my ceiling. God. I love that. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do that. It's going to be awesome. Every, so everyone who's listening is invited. We will announce it. It probably won't happen this year. But, um, <laughs> or next year. I'm probably not the year after that. But trust me. We're going we're gonna to let you know. Eventually. And if you want to come, if you wanna come you're, you'll be invited. Uh, you'll be invited. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want that. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, where can people find you on the internet? Matthew. You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gunkadin. You can also find me at my Twitter account, twitter.com slash GD commentary, where I live tweet stuff like Scott commentary. Uh, and then I have a Doctor Who blog, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com. I did a blog on the mutants. Don't read it. It's awful. Um, <laughs> and no, seriously, it's bad. Uh, I hate that story. And actually, craziest thing, craziest thing. And I'm just going to talk about this here because why not? It's Doctor Who. Um, Someone commented on that article and was just like, why did you say that this story was boring and not Talons of Wang Chiang? Because I'll be honest, Talons of Wang Chiang is boring and this is a tonal masterpiece. And I was like, wow, you and I are not going to agree on things. <laughs> because one is the worst, one of the worst Doctor Who stories ever. And one is one of the best Doctor Who stories ever. Uh, disagree. Tonal masterpiece. Yeah, maybe that's not an exact quote, but that's basically what he was saying. He's like, it's all about tension and ratcheting up great shooting. And I was like, no, that's not what this story is. Then again, he also said that he was widely dismissive of most of the Pertwee era, which basically means I don't listen to him. Um, so that happened. Um, and, but this week, hopefully it's something better. I'm doing The Last Dalek Story, which is Evil of the Daleks, which is a Patrick Troughton story written by the guy who script-edited this story, David Whitaker. Mm. Um, and he's uh, he's really good. He's also responsible for the best Dalek story ever, which is Power of the Daleks. Evil of the Daleks? It's up there. Not going to lie. Does, does, um, does Evil of the Daleks exist? Episode 2 exists. Uh. And the last... I think it's the last minute of the story where you basically get to watch Scarrow explode. Yes, that happens. Whoa. <laughs> That's yeah. why they need Earth to fly around. <laughs> it wasn't the last Dalek story. This was afterward. Right, exactly. Um, or something. Uh, actually, no, it is the last Dalek story, to be perfectly honest. But that actually, we're actually talking about that. Uh, very soon. Like, before episode 100 soon. And yes, we know episode 100 is coming up. So, like, that's how soon we're talking about it. Um, uh, we're talking about Evil of the Daleks? Evil of the Daleks is actually scheduled right now to be episode 99. Oh, wow. So if you want to do the math. Sweet yeah, so, so that's coming up really soon. Um, and it's a story that I really think is super solid. So check out my review of that. Uh, hopefully it's good. I have mixed stories on it. I don't love it as much as a lot of people. Like a lot of people say it's the best dog story ever. I don't agree. But um, whew, the last like the last episode is literally just like you know Daleks running around and the explosion of Scarrow. And I'm not joking about that. So uh, last Dalek story, Evil of the Daleks. Check out my review. Super fun. You can also find me on the website, mindrobber.net, where you'll find all the YouTubes for this. 
and uh, well, Mind Ro- the Mind Robbers, which is our other podcast, which is so much fun. Um, this week we're talking about uh, Star Trek Six, and we're also because we haven't announced it yet. We're also probably going to talk about uh, the pilot to the river, which is a pilot that both of us have been looking forward to. So uh, check out that. Always fun that show. Always fun. Hmm. Huh. All right. Seriously, they were gonna. Seriously, they were gonna drive around the Earth like a car. Yeah. Like that was their plan. That's. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I just. I imagine the instance where they succeed. They're like, "All right, we're driving around now. What?" And you're like, "I don't know. I thought this was your plan." They can't even go through drive-through. Like that's not even a thing they could do. Because I've been through drive-throughs. There's like a clearance bar where they you can't. Like I don't think the Earth passes under that clearance bar. I really don't. Space drive-through. <laughs> I'm sure that's something that'll come up in a Moffat story. <laughs> right. Exactly. It works for like the Enterprise. The Enterprise is a big ship. No, it's bigger than the Enterprise. The planet Earth. <laughs> because the planet it was Earth. built on the planet Earth. Right, exactly. Oh my god, so good. Madman Terry Nation strikes again. He's a maniac. He's so oh god, wait until the chase. The chase is crazy. Crazier than this. Oh man. Like, seriously, one of the ideas for the chase and this is not something that happened, but and I know we're wrapping up the show, but one of the ideas for a chase is literally the TARDIS lands on a thought. Like, that was one of the ideas that Terry Nation had for the chase. Wait, it lands on a what? A thought. A fleeting thought that someone has in their brain. That's what Terry Nation wanted the TARDIS to land on. But that's not a thing. Yeah, that was one of his ideas for the chase. And he technically did that. He is a lunatic. Yeah, he's completely insane. There's, But there's literally, like, one – because it's based on, like, horror ideas, and I don't want to go into it because I don't want to spoil the, oh, my God, what the hell is happening. But there is one of the set pieces – that is an entire episode, I would like to point out. An entire episode of Doctor Who that is based on the idea, what if the TARDIS landed on a passing thought? I don't that even know what you would do with that. That's crazy. <laughs> well, we'll find out when we discuss the chips. <laughs> oh, my God. Alright guys, we'll talk to you next week with uh, the Tom Baker story of the Arc in space. Bye. Bye guys.